Welcome inside the Salsa Collective Podcast. I'm Louis Gonzalez here with Justin Quinn. And for right now, we're going to focus on pre-agent moves that have already happened. Seems like most of the big names are already gone. So we're going to touch on that and what those signings have to do with the Celtics and how they affect them from draft picks to just the general landscape of the conferences. And we'll also talk a little bit about that little Gordon Hayward decision that was made yesterday. Kind of tiny. No big just deal. Since, no, yeah, it wasn't a big deal, I don't think. Just a, just another well, rotational player. Accurately and quickly. Yeah, yeah. I was I was glad that it was all over by, what was it, 2, two we'll call it 2.30? 2.30 p.m.? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that whole thing was a mess. So just in case, just in case somebody didn't have cell phone service all day long yesterday and whatever, uh, ESPN's, he works for ESPN, right? Chris, Chris Haynes. That is correct. Chris Haynes! Sent out a tweet at about... Hey, I love you, Chris Haynes! Sorry. <laughs> yeah, he sent out a tweet at about 2.30. It might be off by a few minutes. But basically saying that it was done deal, Gordon Hayward to Boston, according to the always, always mysterious sources. Sources. I, I, I want to know who these... I, I, I love and I hate the sources. Like, who are these sources? But anyway, so he let out this tweet. Everybody's going crazy, posting memes, blah, blah, blah. And then we want to say about an hour later. Not even, like 40 minutes at most. Uh, a report comes out from Gordon Hayward's agent saying that it wasn't true. It's bogus. He hasn't come to notified. Yeah. No firm decision had been made officially. Yeah. And then, long story short, just to wrap this up, at about eight o'clock, seven o'clock, the Players Tribune uh, posts a tweet with a story by Gordon Hayward uh, titled, "Was it Goodbye Utah? Thank you, Utah. Thank you, Utah. I believe is what. Thank you, Utah. And then we finally get." I've decided to take my talents to Back Bay. Indeed. So And that was it. So you actually have worked with the Players Tribune, so maybe you might have a window on how something like this might have happened. Not that it did, but how it might have happened. So yeah, so um from February twenty seventeen till June first, I was an editorial intern at the at Players Tribune, which was an incredible opportunity. And my assumption is that what happened is that maybe Gordon Hayward kind of knew all along or felt all along that he would be signing with Boston. He kind of knew or sort of foreshadowed what Utah would be doing with free agency and George Hill. Um, maybe knew that they were targeting Ricky Rubio to sort of appease him, try to convince him to stay. And But at the end of the day, he figured that Boston was it for him. Then, Players Tribune probably got in contact with him, tried to say, hey, like, do you want to make your announcement with us? And he's like, yeah, cool. Obviously, this the, the success of this piece is contingent on the news staying very, very, very quiet. Which obviously didn't happen. Yep. The news broke before the story was published. That doesn't work. So my assumption is that the story came out. I mean, well, the, the tweet came out. Somebody in his camp wasn't told that he would be making his decision for his announcement through the Players Tribune or whatever. Le- or some, or something like that. But that, that's just my assumption. Somebody in his camp said something to a reporter and that leaked out. And the, well, Gordon Hayward's agent then had to sort of say, wait, no, 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 no. It's not true. It's not true. He hasn't come to any sort of decision as Gordon Hayward was working on this announcement. So I think this was purely just a, we need, we need to keep this as mysterious as possible, as mysterious and newsy as possible in order, because otherwise it's like, he already made his, everybody already knows that he's going to Boston. Who cares about this piece? And yeah, that sucks for Gordon Hayward and his camp. Yeah, quite a few people were ready to carry each other's throats out over journalistic integrity and 
I don't care who's right or who's wrong. Just let's all do our due diligence in the future and be a little bit more cautious. Because, I mean, you set a lot of people off. Oh, yeah. You're like, what if, I mean, this was an extreme example of what what happened with DeAndre Jordan last summer, the summer before. It was last summer, yeah? Yep. Yeah. I mean, again, that's, that's an extreme example, but the whole, like, okay, he's signing in Dallas, and then a few hours later, no, he's actually re-signing with, with L.A. It's really, like, on one hand, sure, it provided a lot of entertainment, but there were oh, a, yeah. lot of, a lot of people who were also really genuinely upset, both yeah. with DeAndre and in this situation. And personally, while I do appreciate the entertainment value, I did not appreciate hitting... Uh, refresh on my computer and cell phone everywhere I went all day yesterday. So, yeah, I definitely I have a like a cap data plan. I've definitely gone over my my data about a week ago. So, please, for my sake, journalists, let's tighten it up, all of us. Tighten it up so I don't go over my data. <laughs> but, Just but, loose, if nothing else. Okay. Yeah, at least, at least. least. Look out for the little guys out there. But yeah, so Hayward signed for the full max. For those of you who are not clear on what that means exactly in terms of dollars and cents, that's going to be 29,700,000 next year, this upcoming season, 31,200,000 the following, 32,700,000 the year after that, and a $34,180,000 player option in the final year, which is almost a foregone conclusion. He's going to opt out, so he'll be eligible for the 10-year max at that point. I'm pretty sure he's going to take it. This basically looks like the, the deal that Al Horford signed. Pretty much. Yeah. I think the numbers are more or less the same, too. This is the ascending number with the player option in the fourth year. Basically, the difference from year to year is the annual increase in salary. I don't recall exactly. I think it used to be 4.5%. It might be more now. I'll have to get back to you guys on that. It's not really important, apart from who might have to go to yeah, fit him. We'll get to that in just a second. Yeah. that You see, that's, that's going to be the tough part. Everybody wanted the big-name free agent here, but because of our salary cap constraints and because of these uh, very short playoffs and NBA finals, we, we got hit probably worse than any other team in the league. So we have to get rid of somebody. Yeah, we have to get rid of somebody or not. So, uh, we have to get hit. We have to get rid of a few players. It's my understanding is it's close to $4 million that we're going to need to make available, which basically means that theoretically it could be done if we were to, say, get rid of Zizic and Terry Rozier. Maybe yeah. it would be possible. But even then, that might not be enough. I'd have to really drill down into the numbers to be sure. So the more likely candidates people have been talking about, we mentioned this last night, is Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, or Marcus Smart. The, the benefit of someone like Avery Bradley or Jay Crowder with Avery Bradley. Bradley has 8.8 million next season. On one hand, it would, it would obviously eliminate the renegotiation or re-signing situation that is going to be coming when his deal is up. And he, with the amount of money that we would be freeing up at that point, you might also be able to trade him into a situation where you can get a rookie deal or a bet guy on a low salary back in exchange and still have enough money. So there's that. Jay Crowder could also possibly do something like that, too. He probably has a slightly higher value based on the number of years on his contract. He's looking at $6.8 million next season with several seasons beyond that. But if we kept him, then we would be in a situation where we would have to play him largely at the four, which is not his favorite position, but he could conceivably do it, maybe with some time spent at the five in some small ball items just to get him the minutes he needs. But then there's the chemistry issue. We mentioned this last night as well. It's just going to be awkward, to say the least, based on on the fun experience we had when Gordon Hayward got cheered by Celtics fans this last regular season. Marcus Smart, the last guy in the mix, 
he probably will get the lowest value back in return in terms of salary. We wouldn't really be able to take anything back. We might be able to get a pick out of it as well, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a very great one. It would probably be at best like a low lottery. You see, the, this, this is a tough situation for Boston because they have no leverage. And I, was, I, I saw a tweet yesterday that, that sort of was going along with this thinking that teams know that they just need to get rid of salary. So in another situation where you may be able to get a player and a pick back. We might have to add a pick to the situation just to make it happen. Exactly. And we, we, like, again, we're, we have, we have to do it. We have no choice. There's no, there's really no, we have no negotiation power, negotiating power right now, which, yeah, puts them in a, in a bind. I think we'll sort it out. I do think there's plenty of people out there. Who would rather take the risk of getting one of the guys that we have that they want versus someone else ending up buckling and taking a deal from us? So we have a tiny bit of leverage, but it's really minuscule. It's about as little as you can get. And it's crazy because all of these, these are, none of these guys are like throwaway contract. No, these are all starters on most teams and at least rotation players. Yeah. Avery Bradley, my God. Jay, uh, Jay Crowd, Marcus Spark, all. Quality, especially somebody like Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart, who's still super young, has all the potential in the world. It's tough, and it's it sucks. I, I wish, I, I I hope that Danny Ainge figures something out. I, I'm sure it's impossible, but maybe Terry Rozier and somebody else, which also hurts because he's so young, and it would have to be Zizic. Yeah, and but then we have no big men. Exactly. <laughs> are you willing to sacrifice that to keep everybody together, keep that defensive sort of mindset or makeup intact, and then just plunge into the luxury tax and resign all of these guys next season? Or Avery Bradley? I mean, we could do it for a season. I, I, I'm not going to go out and, and say that there isn't some cap wizardry under wraps that we don't know about. But based on my analysis of the situation and much better minds on on the issue. I, I I think that's probably the longest of long shots. If you had to pick, yeah, who would you be looking at as your as your most likely choice, if not the one you want to go? I have emotional ties to all of these guys, but the whole chemistry issue that you guys touched on last night and you just mentioned right now, Jay. I guess Jay Crowder. I feel like he will either have to be playing a position that he's not comfortable playing or just doesn't play very well in, or he's going to have to come off the bench. I don't think he either of those are going to fly with him. So just for the sake of just quite a avoiding, yeah, just for the sake of avoiding locker room drama, I, I have to say Jay Crowder, but he has such such an incredible contract. That is the thing that has made it difficult for me, too. However, with the Paul George situation being what it is, perhaps it's not quite as important long-term in terms of paying people. I don't know. I'm, I'm already into the weeds. Yeah, it's, it's a mess. It's, it's too much. It's too much. I don't, I don't want to think about it, but I'm going to get sad. Well, we can hold off because people who can actually make these decisions are going to be making them very soon. Yep. We have till... Six? That's tomorrow. Yeah, so we we will be looking at some some moves very, very soon, and we can reflect on those once those happen. Some Wait, people, do they literally have to happen today? Like before? Or tomorrow. I think they have till 5 o'clock on, on the 6th. Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So some people have already been axed. Amir left to the 76ers. There was some talk of a sign-and-trade. We talked about this a little bit last night. One year, $11 million could be a little high, but as I mentioned, he's got the Colangelo ties to Toronto. That might have been going on with that. We also waived Tyler Zeller a few days ago and released Kelly Olynyk, so we can make the room. Yep. And we did do a signing for Daniel Theis. I'm going to just say that because that's what I'm hearing from people. I'm not entirely certain if that's how you pronounce his name. Almost certainly going to be a minimum contract. We thought maybe he might be an exception candidate, but it's looking like two years, a little under a million bucks, about 850000 a piece, if my calculations are right. And 
we are probably almost certainly looking at Jonas Jerebko, Demetrius Jackson, Jordan Mickey, and James Young being gone. James Young, I believe, is already gone since he's playing for the Pelicans in summer. Pelicans. Yeah. Yep. So the other guys I just mentioned, they, they could conceivably be packaged in a deal, but it's pretty unlikely because why would you waste assets chasing someone you can claim off of a waiver wire? Good point. Just no point. Or their deals are up in some cases like JJ, so yeah. Drebko, Swedish Larry Bird. Yeah. I mean, you never want to say goodbye to any of these well, I guess say for James Young, I'm sure people were really, really happy to say bye to him. I am actually not happy he's gone. To be honest, he's just starting to look like the guy that we drafted. Just a little bit. Alrighty. Well, maybe he can look like the guy we drafted out. For some other team. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just the nature of the business and we just gotta Keep it moving, I guess. Now, we could still sign people for the mid-level exception, which for Boston in the situation we're in is going to be a maximum of about $3 million. And we also have the biannual available to us should something worthwhile come down the pike. Conceivably, remotely, possibly, Jarebko could fit into one of those, but he will probably almost certainly get a much better offer so unless he really likes keeping that house, that sweet, sweet house with the uh, basketball court in the basement. I, think I mean, he's gone. At, <laughs> at the very, at bare minimum, he's a proven defender or has defensive capabilities and can knock down some threes. He's going to get snatched up from somebody. Yeah, I, th- I think, I think somebody is going to be willing to pay him seven to ten million dollars a year. Wouldn't surprise me if he ends up back on Detroit. Yeah, I mean, don't, don't, oh, but do they, they don't have cap space though. They don't, but. We'll see. Yeah, but that's a nice pickup regardless. But there were some other moves made in free agency. Couple few. Because, because free agency is not just about Boston. So one of the moves that probably, probably prompted Gordon Hayward to leave, and that's the last time I'm going to mention him in this podcast. I'm lying, Liar. but it's <laughs> probably going to happen. Uh, George Hill. Going to Sacramento. I think it was a one-year deal. No, I believe it's three years, nineteen million. Really? Per year, roughly even... nineteen million. Yeah, it's uh fifty-seven million total for George Hill. Oh, Jesus. To the Kings. What are they doing? Yeah. They're getting better. They're getting better. They're tired of being the laughing stock of the league. I am not pleased. Zebo Zach Randolph is over there now too for a two-year, twelve million dollar year. That's a nice sign, especially for the Kings. The King, Zebo has always had this sort of like gritty, nasty, like everybody's kind of scared of him kind of look, sort of like the straight from the jelly. David West, yeah, like David West type. So him in Sacramento, I think it works. Yeah, I think they're going to be a playoff team next year. We have a potential 2019 pick from trading backwards in the draft this year. If Hill and Zebo are still on the team in 2019, we're not getting that pick. Probably not. So that definitely impacts Boston. Not in a way that I'm too happy about, but can't control that. So, I mean, we can't. Well, couldn't expect them to just keep being really, really, really bad. Why not? They've been doing it for a decade. That's a good point. <laughs> I guess. <that's- laughs> But they're good signings. I like, you know, uh, sometimes it's fun, but it like really sucks to watch teams just be really bad. Yeah, and they've been a tire fire long enough. I guess they deserve to get better. Yeah, I mean, eventually. Jesus. I mean, it sucks that their success kind of dampens our draft pick slot, but it is what it is. We have plenty of draft picks. Speaking of... Oh, wait, I, I, we don't have this in our notes, but I do have a breaking signing right now. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Nick Young to Golden State. You've got to be kidding me. The rich get richer, I guess. With Omri Caspi. Like, they, they, they're just yeah. going to get all the wings, they're going to get all the shooters, so we can defend everything they can shoot. Sounds good. And I don't, like, how are they fitting all of this money in? It's a one-year $5.2 million deal. 
Wow. That's got to be that's got to be an exception of some. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They did have an exception. I think they had a yeah, they they did have an exception, but it's like It's still going to cost them a lot of money. Absolutely for Nick Young. That's super weird. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, so that, that's a that there's your uh, breaking news. Is that our first? They've got they just sent Curry for a record breaking 201 million five year deal. Durant took significantly less about 26 and a half million dollars per year. They somehow talked Livingston into a three year 24 million dollar year for about eight million a year. And Iguodala got three years, 48 million total. And Omri Caspi, who we should have signed for this stupid rate of vet minimum for one year, we could have totally done that, and we could have used his size. Yep, absolutely. You're really high on this guy. Omri Caspi? Yeah, I remember during the regular season, you were, we need Omri Caspi. Guy can shoot above 40% most of his career and has been a competent defender, if not necessarily a plus defender, just about that whole stretch, too. Those guys are not easy to find. No. But, no, he went to Golden State because, you know, they need the help. Oh, of course. <laughs> They'll be lucky to make the playoffs next year, right? <sighs> I'm just going to go corner now. <laughs> Speaking of pleasant news and draft picks, Otto Porter may head to Brooklyn. They have tendered him the full max. Washington Cannon has said they will, but have not yet, at least at the time of us recording this. I am not entirely sure they're going to match him because they are one of the more cash crunch teams in the East, if not the league, Washington, that is. And let's be honest, they aren't going to compete against us this year, particularly considering that their their bigs are all aging and aren't going to be better, if anything. Yeah. No, yeah. I I heard that this morning. I don't think they're going to match it. I, I don't. I don't see any way they do. That's a lot of money. Yeah, and with Otto Porter, they're going to be borderline to playoff team, which is, again, not so great. Yeah, it's, it's not worth it in the long term. It was good. It was good. Speaking of the Warriors, McGee, JaVale McGee, has been talking to the Clippers. It says he wants to return. I will be very impressed if they let him walk. But at this point, with the way that they're spending, I am actually... Starting to wonder if he might be a future Clipper. I look at this, or I when I saw this, I figured that this was the same sort of tactic that Andre Godala was employing. I'm going to go talk to other teams to sort of let you know that I'm kind of willing and serious about potentially moving to another team. I know that you guys really like me. You know that I'm a value guy. But... Let's see what other teams have to say. You're gonna you're gonna ramp up your price, and I'm gonna get the money that I kind of want at a sort of, at a at a discount. I feel but like I'll stay. There's a lot of bigs out there that they can find for a ring chase. I, I think yeah. that they'll they'll probably give him a little bit more than he would have gotten had he not done this. But I I do think that if he asks for too much, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. But, but he he did well for them. He did he did well for them. Surprisingly. I mean, he's yeah. the perennial favorite for Shaq and a fool. <laughs> that, yeah, that. I think that's that's all over now. I think Shaq, Shaq is going to lay off of him now. Now, now that he's a, a champion, I think he said that he would once he won a ring, if I'm not mistaken. But well, he's done it. Yeah. Speaking of rings, Kyle Korver signed with Cleveland, three years, seven point three mil. Well, that settles it. They're they're favorites now. Oh, absolutely. And Jose Calderon for the vet minimum. I, I forgot that he was in the league, to be completely honest. Yeah, he's basically he's probably he's probably almost as good as oh my goodness, why am I forgetting? Daron Williams. We have not heard any news as to whether or not he's coming back or not. Maybe he might he might just retire. I mean he might. He was. He showed his age for sure. I, I mean, he had, a, a, he had some, some good flashes in yeah. the playoffs, but he looked pretty bad. But, yeah, Patty Mills resigned with San Antonio. This is a great signing. Four years at twelve point five million. Yeah, he, he, he could have got more. No, for sure, for sure. But it's when when 
players take these crazy discounted contracts, it's it's obvious they really love the team and really like what they're doing. Well, it's not like the Spurs have a legendary team mentality or anything. No, no, they don't. They're borderline playoff team. Terrible. <laughs> Speaking of, Speaking of, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm glad we were on the same. We were on the same wavelength there. PJ Tucker to Houston. This is another team that's just like on this crazy come up all of a sudden. I mean, obviously Houston played very, very well last year, and they were a runner-up in the Western Conference Finals. But some of these signings, man. Yeah, PJ Tucker to Houston for four years, eight million per. And Nene, that was a weird situation because, kind of long story short, I'm sure most of you guys know, they like signed him past his 38th year of age, which you can't do. Well, you can, but it will take all the money and knock it down to whatever the max you can earn is the max you were going to get for a three year deal. So it'll just spread that. Okay. Yeah, so they had to. So he was signed, then he wasn't, then they had to re-sign him. He was pissed. Yeah, because he had to take a pretty significant discount. Yeah, he lost about $4 million bucks. Yeah, I mean, he's been in the league forever. I don't know if $4 million makes a huge difference to him. But then again, what do I know about being a millionaire? Yeah. Jay, uh, another team on the come-up. And, I, you know, you, you got to like what, this te- what the 76ers are doing. We already touched on Amir Johnson. JJ Reddit, who was a solid player for the Clippers. 23 million bucks for one year. That's a lot of money for JJ Reddit for one year. He wouldn't have gotten it anywhere besides maybe Brooklyn or Sacramento. And of the yeah. three, that's the team I would have picked also. Yeah. But what do you think? 76ers, Amir Johnson, Markel Fultz, <laughs> don't forget. Markel Fultz. Play, I think they're finals bound, man. Yeah, Luau Cabarro, definitely, definitely, at minimum, Eastern Conference finals. Okay, I'm kidding, but still. Uh, they're going to make the but playoffs. I, they're a 42 yeah. win team in a conference that is, well, very gentle this year. Yeah. I'm like, honestly, at this rate, it wouldn't surprise me if Brooklyn snuck in as the eighth seed. Honestly, with, if they can if they get Otto Porter, I. Put me down as a person who thinks it's possible. I'm not going to say it's going to happen, but definitely possible. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at all the teams that are definitely not making it this year. Chicago, Indiana, uh, who else is in the Eastern Conference? It's like so bad, I don't even remember who's in the conference. <laughs> kind of forgettable. Orlando. Orlando. You know, like these teams are going to... And it sucks because that Brooklyn pick, that's, that's why I really hope that Otto Porter or that Washington doesn't match the offer sheet. But we'll see. But yeah, the 76ers, you got to like what they're doing. But all of their successes are based on whether or not they're very, very, I like to call them the all-glass team, whether or not they can stay healthy. I've been calling them the Philadelphia knee injuries. I think it works well with the sacramental leverages, as Nate Duncan likes to call them. Oh, no. But yeah, if they can stay healthy, you never know. Maybe. Markel Fultz did look pretty good in his first summer league game, but so did Jason Tatum. Yeah. But anyway. That was, that, we'll get to that in a hot second. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There were some other free agency moves that don't directly impact Boston too much. Uh Oklahoma City did impact Boston's hopes when they picked up Paul George, shocking pretty much everybody and pairing him with Russ. They managed to get Patrick Patterson on a super cheap deal, 5.5 million over three years. Uh, that's per year, 5.5 million per year and roughly, which seems to me that they may be trying to unload Cantor. Why would they try to do that? Well, Cantor is useless on defense, and Patterson is actually pretty solid, so they might be able to get somebody who can actually help them more than, than Enos Cantor can, at least on the defensive end of the court, so he's playable in crunch time. Yeah. Kind of important with the kind of money he makes. Yeah, for sure. Del- uh, Danilo, Del- I always call him Delilo. Let's, let's call him Delani. <laughs> Why not? Del- Delani Galanani. <laughs> 
Uh, Danilo Gallinari <laughs> signed with the Clippers. We, I'll give this ten, maybe fifteen seconds, and then we'll talk about all this other free agent stuff. The Clippers are confusing the hell out of me because they might make the playoffs as an eighth seed, maybe seventh seed, because losing Chris Paul is a big deal. But they're still doing, they're still making all of these moves for like sort of big name players. So I don't know what the hell they're doing. I figured that they should have just tried to maybe sneak into the lottery, but what do I know? They I'm are a, trying I'm a... to keep interest high because they are, as far as I'm aware, moving into a new stadium in England. Oh, that's right. That's right. So they are trying to keep people's interest while also sucking enough to get some draft picks. That's my assumption yeah. anyway. So you can say, hey, look, we have something exciting to see. We have this guy for three years, and we still have Blake. Come check it out. And, you know, they'll probably just miss the playoffs and get a lottery pick. So, But, yeah, Delilo Galanani uh, signed with the Clippers. It's a three-team deal, which is super complicated. But, yeah, uh, Clippers got Danilo. Denver got... I think a second round draft pick and something else. I'm forgetting the exact uh, terms of the deal, but basically the big, the biggest move, the, the biggest piece to move was Danilo. Well, it also pick up. It, it sent Crawford. Oh yeah, Jordan Crawford yep. to Atlanta, yep. which is good yeah. for them because they still need to put butts in seats, and he's got some name recognition. But they are also yep. clearly trying to do at least a pivot, if not a tear down. Besides Kyle Lowry. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry, I wanted to move on, but. Besides that, Lowry, Kyle Lowry, and Serge Ibaka are returning Toronto on a $33 per year million dollar for Lowry and 21.6 roughly for three years also for Ibaka. So they're going to be a playoff team. I think they will be a little bit weaker. They didn't, you know, retain PJ Tucker. And, you know, I don't really see too much growth possibilities given Lowry's age, given Ibaka's assumed age. Jokes aside, we don't really know how old he is. So yeah, I had never heard of him. He's probably well through his prime, prime, regardless of whether we're taking him at face value or not. I will, but even at his stated age, he's, he's getting up there in years. And really the only person on that team who is not already in the thick of their prime is Valenciunas, who has, you know, a competent game, but it's kind of overpaid based on the kind of production the league needs from a five now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Millsap to Denver. I like it. 30 million. I like it. Three years. Most he was going to get from anybody. I mean, I, from what I heard, the Hawks didn't even tender an offer. Yeah, that's that, that's a lot for him, but he's, he's still a good player. Very, very solid. He can put up. I get however you say that guy's name. Jokic. That guy will be in full swing of his prime and can pick up the slack, so no big deal. Yeah. We got another team on the come up in Minnesota. Yep. The, 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 the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, they, say they picked up Jeff T. Three years, 19 million per. And Taj Gibson, uh, two years, 14 per. I like it. I like Taj Gibson. I thought he was a guy we should have gone after, but we didn't, obviously. So what do you think? Uh, what do you, what do you, now that they have Butler with these guys and the core that they had to start with, yeah. in the West, where would you rank mm-hmm. them in terms of your, your projected playoff? Six. Six seed? That's about where I am, fifth. Yeah, six. I have to look at the, the conference again, but it's Golden State. I'm going to put uh, Houston in front of San Antonio. San Antonio. I think I think San Antonio is still better, but we'll see. There's no, still moves to be made. Definitely not. San Antonio has done nothing. Mm, yeah, but Houston has gotten significantly better. They've got Kawhi and Popovich. Yeah, but those are just two guys. <laughs> just two guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, those are just two regular old guys. They aren't the monsters, are they? They're pretty close. That's close. You're going to get two guys in the league. <laughs> No, I, I think Houston is better than San Antonio at this point. Unless San Antonio does something, but I know that they're also strapped. I expect them cash. to move Lamarcus somehow and, and, and from a stone because they always do. Yeah, but yeah. So and then I don't know who's after. So yes, Golden State. Uh, uh, I don't know who's fourth. Maybe, maybe Minnesota. 
Could be. I mean, that would, that would, that would shock me. No. I guess we'll see. It's a long season. 82 games. That's what I hear. Tony, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tony Snell to Minnesota, uh, to uh, Minneapolis. I'm not Minneapolis. Oh my God. Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Well, All these mills. Yeah. He had him over a barrel. They can't replace the shooting. He's, he's a very competent shooter and $11.5 million is probably a little bit more than he deserves, but good signing. Keeps him, keeps him in the mix. Yep. You got Collison going to the Pacers two years, 10 per. I don't know why they're signing anybody. They should have just trotted whatever they have left out there and just tank. Yeah. But I mean, they have such a great general manager making such wise decisions for them. So. Oh, GM of the year next year. I'm calling it now. It was, it was quite pleasant to, to listen to some non Celtics biased podcasts last week and just hear all of them ridiculing the front office. But I digress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how that works out. Uh, Feliciano was. Yep. Yeah. Cristiano Feliciano Dang. returning. Going to be a mediocre player on a mediocre team doing mediocre things with a mediocre management. Speaking of mediocre, Langston Galloway to Detroit, three years, seven million per. What do you make of that? I don't. Detroit is also very confusing. I don't. They, but but they are really strapped for cash, so I get it. They can't really do much of anything. But who knows what what their long term plan is? Because I have no idea. Well, the rest of the moves are pretty boring. Jody yeah. Meeks to the Wizards, two years, 35, 3.5 million per. Uh, Ben McLemore, McLemore, I'm not sure how you say McLemore. I hate saying McLemore just because it's the same name as that wonderful rapper. Anyway. Oh, he's best of all time, don't you think? No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's making $5.35 million for a two year deal. For the Grizzlies, it could work out there. They could use some help in the guard department. They don't have a lot of depth. Justin Holiday, brother of Giroud to Chicago, which kind of surprised me. He's uh, helping shore up their guard rotation. I thought he would have been a better fit with New Orleans with his brother, but that didn't happen. Mike Scott went from being a potential convicted felon to getting a cool million and seven hundred thousand. Dollars from Atlanta to shore up their rotation. Rumors of Rajon Rondo to the Lakers. What do you think of that? I love Rondo. I want him back in Boston, to be completely honest. I know people are going to hate me for saying that. But you put Rondo on a on a playoff team. Could have some fun with it. I want, I, yeah, you, he, can, he can obviously still get it done. The problem is when you put Rondo on a team that's not in the playoffs or not playoff bound. Then his, you know, his nasty attitude comes up. But you put him in Boston. Obviously, it's not going to happen. But you put him in Boston or any other any other winning team, Houston, whatever. I, I don't care. You're going to get a player that's very, very, very capable. So if he's going to LA, I don't think it's going to work very well. I think it's going to be Dallas all over again. Yeah. We'll see. So I, I for for his sake, I hope not. I don't like the whole him mentoring Lonzo Ball narrative. Just put him on a winning team. He deserves he deserves it for sure. Especially after having the the series he had against Boston. Chris Bosch in the playoffs. Officially waived. Yep. Sad, sad, sad situation. But I'm glad he's I'm glad he's not playing for sure because you never know yeah. what can nope. happen. You don't want to risk yeah, anything. Another Reggie Lewis kind of a situation. Yeah, you gotta look out for yourself, man. The money is nice, but life is nicer. Can't spend it when you're dead. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, so we'll see. Who knows? Maybe he'll. I don't know. I don't know what his doctors are telling him. I don't know if it's uh, he can't play basketball ever again kind of situation, or what exactly it is. Maybe the intensity of training and and pro basketball. I think he can play pickup basketball again. It's just. You want to avoid really intense physical activity once you have a history of blood clots because you can dislodge one and have an embolism pretty much any. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to do that. So let's hope he just decides to just formally retire yeah. for his sake. 
Any thoughts on who's left out there for free agents? Um, let's see. I'm surprised that Dallas hasn't locked down Nerlens Noel. Yeah, I'm hearing rumbles that there's some interest around the league for him. Atlanta. I mean, of course. He's he's an interesting he's an interesting player for sure, and he's still so young. Rudy Gay is reportedly drawing interest from Oklahoma City, but they don't have the kind of money that he wants to join them. The Heat seem to be pretty into signing him, which makes sense. You know, they've they've signed UConn players in the past. Shabazz Napier and Karan Butler. I could mm-hmm. I could definitely see the UConn pipeline continuing there. Pau Gasol is still unsigned. I would love for him to take the biannual exception or or the uh mid-level and join Boston, but I kind of feel that three million bucks ain't gonna cut it for him. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. He ain't he ain't, he ain't coming to Boston for three million dollars a year. Yeah, Jamichael Green is still out there as a restricted. I I have to imagine that Memphis is gonna match though, because what are they gonna do if he leaves? I have no idea. But his name did come up a lot for a potential target for Boston. I think that And I, I like it. Yeah, I do too. I mean this game isn't, you know, knock you on the floor amazing or anything like that, but he, he can he can shoot the ball, he can rebound, he can play defense all fairly well. And he's young, he's only twenty seven years old, so he could he could have been a new candidate as a backup option. Yeah, for sure. Hey, depth is is, is a great thing. So anybody you can think of who might be a potential target for Boston who are, you know, potential trade targets, buyout targets, anything like that? It pains me. This is going to hurt my throat to say. Uh, Mellow? I guess if he got a buyout and was willing to play for vet minimum, but... He's not doing that, though. That's the problem. I mean, if he does, it's going to be to go play with Banana Boat Buddies, either either with the Cavs or with Houston, in my opinion. I think it would. It makes more sense for him to go to Houston. Speaking of UConn players, Emeka Okafor was talking about making a return. And money wasn't an issue. Guy could rebound when he was in game shape. He's got time to get into game shape. No, absolutely. There's a there's some time before October. What is it? October mid mid October. Couple few. We got some summer league stuff to touch on briefly. Absolutely. Summer league is very exciting for me. I love summer league because you know the finals were what second week ended second week in June. And not even a month later, and we've got some more basketball. It's meaningless, but actually, it's actually very meaningful. I I disagree. We have clearly vindicated the Markel Fultz trade with the Jason Tatum last-second dagger that gave us the win, 89-88. Yeah, that was nice. And that dunk, man, he he looked looked nice out there. He's got some flaws, but for, for rookie, no complaints. Well, speaking of flaws, I mean, Jalen Brown looked like a 10-year vet out there. That's what I was saying. If you remember, I don't think he should be playing because, let's be honest, the only thing he's he's improving playing against these guys is his confidence level. Yeah. He is kind of uh, funny with his turnovers, though. Sometimes he gets a little wacky with the ball. Well, you know, he's playing with passion, kind of like a lesser, slightly more controlled version of another Celtics athletic, hyper-competitive young lad. And two guys I want to touch on. Abdel Nader, or Abdul Nader is apparently the actual pronunciation Abdul of Nader, I will remember that. Abdul. Don't be a Nader. Looked really good. Looked really good, and I like him. I'm really pulling for him. I want him to be on the team. I don't know how they would finesse it, but I think he maybe can be one of those two-way contracts. I think so. I think he's earned it. For sure. He looked, just, I, I, I like him. I really do. Zizic looked a little lost out there at times. I expected that. A little bit. People need to realize yeah. he will be good for 10-ish minutes a game. He's going to slide into the Jonas Derebko role while he learns NBA defenses and just gets acclimated to the speed of the game. And oh, one more guy. Oh, well, Semi Ojale. I didn't really see too much out of him. I thought his defense was great. His defense was fantastic, and that will give him some minutes. He will probably make the roster also. He might have to, depending on how things shake out, be one of the the, the other primary candidate for a two-way contract. But he could, conceivably, if he 
is okay with taking the rookie minimum, make it onto the team with the cap situation being what it is. I, I do think that though, like in this particular situation, he is going to be kind of the new James Young where he will get some spot minutes, but be spending almost all of his season barring an injury to somebody higher up in the rotation in, in Maine. I hope not. You, you, you see all these rookies and you're like, man, let's just put them out there for 10, 20 minutes or not. Let's not even say 20 minutes, 10, 15 minutes to just see what they can do. Give them an opportunity. Just don't glue them to the bench like you did with James Young. Yeah. Because then they can actually develop. But with the, with the way that the, with the, the way, with the way that Boston is looking this season, I feel like, yeah, there, there may not be time to develop too much of these players outside of Tatum, Brown's continued, continued development, and maybe Zizich and. No, Zizich will get, get plenty of time. We don't really have any traditional big men options at the moment. So barring. An yeah. Okafor, a Mecca Okafor surprise signing or something of that nature. It's, it's pretty slim pickings that we, we are actually going to find anybody on the roster who will be able to mop up those minutes, particularly when facing second units, still sporting, you know, kind of an old school back to the basket big. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's actually a good point. We'll see what happens, but I, I think for sure what somebody likes is just time on the court against NBA caliber talent is going to do it for him. Well, they will be playing the Spurs tonight as yes, when we're recording this. And the Spurs were actually the summer league team that won it all last season, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Boston was, was You're close. Right there. But, you know, a couple, couple of buckets yeah. away from winning it. Yeah. But yeah, San Antonio did take it, which is nice. It's a, I think it's a huge confidence boost. Oh, absolutely. For, for these players. Even if they don't end up a rotation player in the NBA and they stay in the G League, I hate that yeah, so much. That's so stupid. It's, it's it has to be a huge confidence boost, and I think they make a little money if they win the championship too. I actually haven't heard anything about that, but if so, that's really cool. Yeah, I think they do. Well, I think we have actually made it to the end of the topics that we had. Anything else you want to add before we uh, take off and let these people go? No, I think we covered everything. I, I'm honestly, I have to say, and I'm sure people agree with this or can, yeah, that I'm more excited about Jason Tatum than I am Gordon Hayward. You know, I'm excited about all of it. I really, I can't compartmentalize it. I. I, <laughs> I'm really into the whole synergistic, like the fact that, okay, so let me, let me just back up a little bit. A little over a year before we drafted Jalen Brown, I came up with this crazy idea based on how the league seemed to be trending. I thought it might be an interesting idea for Boston to get the draft rights for as many wings slash small forwards as you possibly could. And I swear, if you look at the summer league roster, it's like what, like two centers and one guard and no, two guards, and basically everybody else is a wing or basically a wing. I think there's something to that. Okay. I'm really, really interested in seeing what what lineup we end up with after all these moves because we are still very heavily wing oriented in the regular season roster as it currently stands as well. So. The, the rest of the summer, the rest of free agency is going to be about the moves that will get us to maximum cap space for Mr. Hayward and then for filling out the roster so we have something that can play competitive basketball. And, like, I'm as excited about that, as absurd as it might sound, as I am about Gordon Hayward, as I am about Jason Tatum, as I am about Jalen Brown. I, I, just, I can't help myself. I'm super, super happy. I, <laughs> I think there's going to come a time in the league in the not – to distant future where you it'll be surprising to see a guy on the court that's six eleven. Yeah. I think we're trending that way already. Yeah. That your that your ideal player will be between six two and six six and just be able to defend defend multiple positions and just shoot well. The days of the of the big man it's, it's, it's people say it all the time, but it's obvious that it's that it's trending in that direction 
So yeah, just come back in a few years and you'll you'll be calling a guy that's six nine your big <laughs> one. <laughs> I think so. I'm not, I mean so, I'm not even kidding. No, yeah, for sure. Like I, I see it. I, I see it happening. Look, the the tallest guy yeah, well Now is Zizich at six eleven. But yeah, Zizich is six eleven, which obviously is tall. That's very tall. But traditionally speaking, it's not that no, tall. No, there's been plenty of guys out there, seven seven one, seven two. There's a couple of guys yeah. in the league right now who are seven three, seven four. Yeah, exactly. That guy that Houston just signed. Uh seven seven four guy. Yep. Yeah, yeah, like that's tall. But when you're that tall, yeah, I I think historically they haven't been very durable. Because well, of I mean, and you're seeing more and more instances like, uh, who's the guy from this year? Another guy came down with Marfans, Marfrin. I can't say that out loud because I don't usually, but yeah, the syndrome that, that got the guy from, I think it was Oregon, wasn't it? A couple of years ago. Anyway, you should check out the links at the top of CelticsLife.com as we regularly instruct you to do because it's a good thing to do. Helps us out, helps you out. If you want to hear this anyway. We have a big variety of shirts, hoodies. We'll be having more designs in soon to commemorate the new additions coming into the Boston Celtics. And come fall, you'll even be able to get tickets for the next game under that particular heading. You can find the pod on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and just about any podcatcher app you have out there. Just look for us on that. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, please rate us five stars. If you don't like something or you want us to consider a suggestion, just let us know with a comment on any Celtics Life article. It'll get back to us one way or another. Or you can use the hashtag CLPod, C-L-P-O-D, on Twitter. Always trying to bring you the coverage the way you want it, the way that you like it. So let us know. That's all. Let us know for sure. Please, please, and thank you. Take care, y'all.